Hello and welcome to episode 31 of the Damage United podcast. I'm Bill Lumsden. And I'm Adam Jameson. And we don't have that many League United players who have formally donned the number 31 shirt, but there are a few. And uh, as you'll be happy to know that, I'll save the best to last, but there's a couple you will know again. So we've got Charlie Taylor in the 2011-2012 season. Uh-huh. We've got Louis, Louis Coyle for a couple of years, but most of all, 2012 to 2013, Paul Rachubka. Oh, God. <laughs> you just ruined my day. <laughs> <laughs> what? What a keeper. An unbelievable man between the post for Leeds. That game against Blackpool, I think I'm still very, very scarred from it. Five, yeah. five now? Yeah, any any time I ever speak to anyone about goalkeepers and they 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 question my goalkeeping knowledge, I say, Listen, I got to watch Paul Rahopa for <laughs> about six games. And uh you know, if you want to know anything about goalkeepers, go and watch Paul Rahopa and do the complete opposite. Yeah, and a miserable night. John Josh Shelby with a hat trick, two thousand and eleven ads. Can you believe that? We're officially old. 12 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It was just calamitous, wasn't it? It was. It absolutely was. So we've got a nice little episode for you this evening, recording this on Tuesday evening. So again, just coming out of an emphatic win over Peterborough in the Cup, another away tie. But you'll be happy to know that we have been drawn at home in the fourth round of the FA Cup to Plymouth. Thank the Lord that it is at home and it isn't away. We've got a trip to Plymouth next month, so it certainly would have been uh, pretty awful if we'd have had to go down there twice in uh, consecutive months. But yeah, the first time since January 2016 that we've been drawn at home in the FA Cup, which is brilliant. We're going to touch a bit on transfers and some of the players that we've been linked with, some of the players that we've missed out on. Man and Adam's thoughts on them. And then we're going to, last but not least, allude to Cardiff, who we travel to on Saturday. So that's Peter nil, Leeds United 3, Patrick Bamford. Unbelievable. What a strike. Where on earth did he pull that from? Who knows? Who knows? It was a quite stupendous goal. Stupendous. And Bamford's written himself into a very select list of uh, absolute screamer goals for Leeds United. So, yeah, it's the only place you can start with that game. And I just hope that it's a turning point now for him. And, you know, sometimes you get a freak, a freak goal like that that's just, yeah, hopefully you can just kind of turn around the what I think everyone agreed was the trajectory of his Legion United career. Yeah, I mean, it would be quite a turnaround if he, if he was. I think he's still got a fair bit to go in order to win a lot of fans over and have them singing his name completely in the stands. But, yeah, we, we know, and a lot of fans believe the same, that he's a confidence player, is, is Paddy B. But would you say that he already had a fair bit of confidence and, you know, almost arrogance to... You know, fair enough, chest down, the, the the close control was brilliant, but to then have the audacity to have a strike from that that range, but you already said that, you know, he's flowing with a bit of confidence before that obviously started, played against Birmingham and scored. So to take that on, would you say that he's already got a fair bit of confidence about him? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think he's having observed the highs and lows of Bamford over the last five or so years, he strikes me as someone who needs to be on the edge in games where, you know, he needs to be well up for it and, you know, on the verge. I don't know what he needs to be on the verge on, but he needs to be on the verge of something. I'm thinking back to when he was scoring goals in the, the promotion winning season and his first season in the Prem. He, he had, yeah, he had that bit of arrogance and swagger about him and a, a bit of, um, you know, kind of, I'm, I'm Patrick Bamford and I'm going to score some bloody good goals. He, he needs that about his game, I think, for him to score goals. I think when the chips are down, you know, his, his body language doesn't quite look right. And and yeah, I, I'd agree. I think the, the goal last week against Birmingham... I think getting a start would have just done his confidence the world of good. His first half against Peterborough, I thought he was, you know, he was playing well. He probably, you know, he probably should have scored in the first half a much, a much easier chance with his header, but he got the assist and, yeah, I think you, you don't you don't try a goal, you don't try a shot like that unless you you kind of flowing with confidence and and it just yeah he brought it down perfectly and the finish was. It was sublime. Yeah, that that angle of it behind the goal where the Leeds fans are, so you can see all the Leeds fans behind the goal and the, the from the flight of the ball and the chest and the way it like almost swerves into the top corner. It's absolutely incredible. But so many angles, no doubt that'll be the goal of this FA Cup round, hopefully the goal of the FA Cup this season. But yeah, more importantly, it helped us get through to the fourth round. Ampadu, first game as captain for Leeds, two goals. Again, he's played. I think he's featured, well, he started all 29 of his first games um, as Leeds player. So, you know, I think Brian Dean was 44 from his debut and Gordon's track was something like 109. So he's got a fair way to go to get there. But, yeah, it just shows the importance that he has um, and Fark has instilled in him as well in terms of what he means to this Leeds United team. And it's great to get his first goal. I think 158 prior appearances, 66 shots, one goal. Two shots, two goals uh, for Leeds on on Saturday. So yeah, we we've loved him this season. You know, he's again he's looked like he at times, but been one of the better signs that we've that we've made, and certainly one of the better players this season. So again, great to have him on the score sheet. Two goals, lovely chip ball for Bamford as well, one assist. Yeah, pretty decent shine from him. Yeah, absolutely. I think we should captain him every week if he's going to get a brace. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, he's been. We've talked about him a lot, you know, on, on episodes throughout the throughout the season. And yeah, I think he's he's really settled in. The, the commentator from Sunday's game was saying it quite a lot that Ampadu is he's needed a, a home and a a place that he can um, build a base for his for his career from. And I think he's found that in us. So so yeah, I think I think fantastic for. For him, fantastic for us that we've got him and he's he's, he's playing so well and, and so consistently and, and let's just hope he can improve and, and build on his game. And we saw that versatility from him at the weekend as well. Um, you know, dropping in at, at centre-half and yeah, I think he's, he's arguably been one of the signings of the season. You know, probably top two. Absolutely. So, yeah, 3-0 win. We... Now host Plymouth in the fourth round. 
we're actually only three games away from Wembley, would you believe? I'm not getting carried away. I know you said you didn't want a cup run, <laughs> but <laughs> when we defeated Peterborough convincingly and we've got a home tie to Plymouth, we win that, we then go two games away from Wembley. You know, it's hard not to get carried away if we, if we beat Plymouth and we reach the fifth round, isn't it? Yeah, but if I'm going to choose when we go to Wembley this season, it's I'm not bothered about an FA Cup semi-final. They've heard a lot of talk this week about the magic of the FA Cup and is it dying and whether the younger generation, which I hope we can class ourselves in, <laughs> are bothered about the FA Cup. But yeah, for me, it's just... It's, it's just a distraction. And if I was Daniel Farco, I'd just be thinking, well, great, Bamford scored an absolute screamer. But and we're through to the next round, but I'd much rather just concentrate on the league. That's where, you know, we need to get out of this league. And um, yeah, we, we I thought we played a pretty strong side, to be fair. Um, yeah, we did. You know, by, by our two or three players, it, it was pretty much a full-strength team. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's a, I just think it, I, I just worry about injuries um, and the further you get into the competition the more likely you are to, to play a stronger team but I would have thought that some of the fringe players would have got a run out on Sunday but he went with a slightly stronger lineup, and obviously it, it produced the result that I think Fag probably wanted with the convincing win so yeah, no, and, yeah Wembley on the cards but I'd rather be there at the end of the season in a playoff final yeah, well, I'm glad you say that because Simon, one of our avid listeners, had the question and he, he mentioned with cup runs, particularly the FA Cup, which for me still has its magic to it. So Simon does believe that the magic of the FA Cup is living on. Do you think that most people will see it as a distraction and see reaching the Premier League as the sole goal these days? So, yeah, I, you know, you've answered that. That's fair enough. I just think when you've got an opportunity like we have, which, don't get me wrong, we did last season as well. I think we went to Wolves away, put out a poor, poorish side, played horrendously, went out to a nothing Wolves side. They then drew Gillingham in the next round. I think when opportunities present themselves like this, especially in a big cup like the FA Cup, I don't really care about the Carabao Cup. But for me, the, the, the FA Cup is still a prestigious honour in, in English football and it should be bestowed as such. I feel like there's too much shine taken off it. There's a lot of talk around replays and teams not fielding X, Y and Z. But you look at the the big teams this weekend and you'll see that a lot of them have played strong sides. And, you know, a lot of these teams like the Newcastles and Spurs as well that haven't had much silverware for a while. They are going after some of these cups as, and they want to go far in them as well, which is nice to see because you don't often associate that with the FA Cup. And certainly over the last 10 years, you'd have to say that a lot of sides haven't taking it as seriously as you like, whether it's for fixture pile-up or not. So, you know, when an opportunity presents itself like that, for example, Plymouth, you know, I think we've got to go after it. I think we've got to field, you know, fair enough. You play the same side that played against Peterborough, class and in net, etc. I have no, you know, disagreements with that. And as you said, it's still like a very strong side, but you win that game and suddenly, you know, even for me, the the complexion of it all has changed because you go into the last 16 then and you are literally just two games away from a, a semi-final at Wembley, which for us would be, you know, a great occasion and we'd love to see, you know, Leeds in, a, in an FA Cup semi-final because it's something that we, you know, haven't had the opportunity to do in our lifetime. Obviously, it's been League One playoff final, you know, promotion. So, I think 
for me, it still has its magic to it. And you did say yourself, you messaged me at half time saying first half thoughts and the magic of the FA Cup is still gripping. So <laughs> you do, there is a part of you that does agree with me somewhere. Yeah, there, there is. I think when when I, when I sat down to, to watch the game, it was a bit, yeah, 10 minutes in, I was like, yeah, come on, let's go on a cup run. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, does, does the winner of the FA Cup still get a place? In the Europa League, am I right in saying that? It's a great point. I think. <laughs> I'm not saying we're going to win it, but... He <laughs> <laughs> doesn't want me to get carried away, considering I'm like, yeah, we're going into Europa League. Um, I am not sure, actually, so talk over me and I will have a look for you now. Because I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure the winner of the FA Cup gets a place in the Europa League. But I think where the rule is, is wrong is if the winner... Say it's Man City. Yeah, it's already qualified. If the winner's already in the Champions League, then that place from the FA Cup then gets allocated in the league. Is that right? Well, it has it here. So the winner of the FA Cup qualifies for the next season's Europa League. If the winner of the FA Cup has already qualified for a European competition, then the Europa League place goes to the runner-up. Okay, so it does go to the runner-up. Which, again, you know, it'd be... Uh, It'd be nice to be fair if we could get there. Yeah, get someone like Man City or Liverpool and uh, well, my, get to my, get in the final. Yeah, my proposition would be that if with the new um, the new format for the Champions League that includes the European coefficient, whatever that is, so two countries get an extra place in the Champions League based on how well their clubs have performed in the previous season. So you'd like to think that most seasons Eng- England will get an extra Champions League place. They should they should give that place from the FA Cup winner so that if you run her up in the FA Cup or or winner in the FA Cup you get a um you get a Champions League spot. So that 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 might be a way to make the FA Cup a bit more interesting <laughs> then. And then and then we'd all be going for it. <laughs> yeah, it certainly it certainly put more onus in fielding better teams and uh, taking it more seriously. So yeah, but yeah, I I think both of us are are almost in agreement with that. I think a cup run would be great, but I I do agree with you. And, you know, on the whole, I, I think you know I'd much rather go up this season. You know, go out to Plymouth and you know be guaranteed if you offered me that guaranteed playoff final win or guaranteed top two. You know, obviously I'd snatch your hand off for it, but. You know, I think it's a great opportunity to go, you know, into the next round. I think, you know, we say it in the league, you can literally only take a game at a time. You can only take this cup a game at a time as well, because let's be honest, we have no idea who we're going to get. We could get Eastland who play Man United or, you know, someone daft at home or away. Or alternatively, you could get the like of City and Spurs or Chelsea and Villa who are all playing each other. So, yeah, it's exciting though. You know, it's good that we're not the laughing stock Tides team seem to be turning. We've got home ties, so is it a sign of things to come? Who knows? But all positive. Patrick Bamford scoring goals. It's, it's a strange exactly. time. 2024 off to a blinder. Um, but yeah, all in all, very positive. Nonso should have been a penalty. I, I would probably agree with you on that. I know you mentioned that in your, your first half force as well. He didn't seem to be getting anything from the referees at the minute. And I mean, you know, you mentioned to Graham Smith um, from our account and, you know, he agreed with you in saying, you know, if you're not giving that, then you're booking Nonto for a second yellow or you're giving the penalty. And it, it's it's a grab with football in general. You know, the, 
they don't do that enough for my liking. You know, you book a player, or if not, what well, what is it? Is it something in between? Is the contact yeah. is it not, or is it not a clear and obvious dive? Like, no idea. It's I mean, the referee general, to be honest, at the minute. Yeah, the referee didn't give the penalty because Nanta just had a go in for something, or I think Nanta's attitude towards referees I think winds them up. I don't think he means to be annoying. I think he's just is. You know, when he, got, he, got, he can go down a little easy at times. I think when he gets back up and acts like he's been shot sometimes, I think it winds referees up a bit and, and rubs them up the wrong way. So I think that had happened a couple of times and then he'd gone down, which it was a stonewall penalty. And then I think the referee just, just froze. But like, like, yeah, like you've just said, the referee has to make a decision. You can't just stand there and wave play on when it's either a blatant penalty or it's a free kick and a booking for diving because yeah yeah. (laughs) I don't get how it can be either either or and the referee's got to make a decision and he throws and yeah it could have gone you know another way if they if they come out first half second half and get an early goal you know we look back at that that penalty yeah. shout is, is that that's the game changing moment so yeah um, once again English referees doing English referee thing <laughs> yeah exactly Dan James doesn't help himself on that front as well he's got a bit of a stigma around him going down too easy or being a bit too lightweight in around the box as well so we're not blessed with uh, players that can win penalties unless you're Somerville and you get absolutely clattered by Leif Davis which uh, I think anyone would have been uh, foolish not to give but yeah Positive Bamford scoring goals, Leeds home tie in the, the fourth round of the FA Cup. Real chance of progressing. The magic of the FA Cup lives on. Concentrate on the league, maybe, but who cares? We're off to Wembley and the Europa League in Adam's eyes. So next up, we have Transfer Talk. So a little segment before we head to Wales to chat around Cardiff. We're not actually going to Wales to chat around Cardiff. We'll be doing that from the comfort of our own homes. But speaking of Wales... Again, lovely segue. We seem yeah. to be turning into League United Dragons or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what's going on. We we just seem to want to be Wales, don't we? <laughs> to be honest, mate, if we can get some of the form that Wales did uh, a few years back, we won't be uh, won't be far off. But this, of course, comes from if you haven't been on the X or any of your news outlets numerous rumours around certain players that are linked to Leeds. Of course, Jed, Jed Spence has gone back to Spurs and he's supposedly in a deal to go to Genoa, I think, in Italy, um, which is yeah, a bit of a strange one as part of an exchange deal for a, for a centre-half or a right-back that Spurs want from there. But on to us, we've got Conor Roberts on our radar, so Welsh international who used to play at Swansea with Dan James, but he has more recently been playing at Burnley, played in the championship with them, but hasn't been featuring regularly in the Premier League. And Chris Meppen, who I think has only made five appearances for Bournemouth in the last year or so. So, one's a centre-back, Chris Meppen, and then, of course, Conor Roberts. But both come with a wealth of experience. And again, it's nice to be linked with these calibre of players as well, as opposed to certainly some of the names that we've been linked with in the past. Yeah. I think clearly Fark has identified defensive areas as as more of a priority for for this January transfer window. I don't think we can expect massive 
numbers in terms of movement in the transfer window. We might see two or three go out. We might see two or three come in. I don't think we'll see much more than that. But I think they scream of, <laughs> they scream of a team trying to push on and get out of the championship kind of signings. That they're not they're not the most glamorous signings in the world, but they are certainly players who can can come into to any championship side and 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 give you consistency and uh, be be kind of solid in their performances and and hopefully get you close to that line. So yeah, I think I think they'd both be sensible signings. Chris Meppham had a really good good rise to uh, stardom at, at Brentford, uh, a club we know more than we wish to know about uh, because of Mr. Harris Pierre, but. Uh, well, <laughs> we won't talk any more about the bees, but yeah, he did. I know he did really well at Brentford, and then obviously signed for Bournemouth. And as you say, he's struggling to get in the side a bit. They've, you know, changed the way they play a little bit this season under Ariola. Another Leeds United connection there, the one that could have been. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they've they've changed the way they they play a little bit and. He's struggling to get in the side, so I think he'd be a, a, a fantastic addition. 44 cap for Wales uh, since 2018, so I think he'd be a really good signing. Where he f- would fit in, I'm not entirely sure because I think Stroik and, and Rodon have been very solid at the back, but we're not sure about this injury to Stroik if it is potentially something that's going to be more of a a recurring injury for the rest of the season, then definitely we've got to go out and get a centre-half. Or is it something to do with PSG? Who knows? Who knows? And that is another worry. I um, don't know what they're seeing in him like, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no disrespect. I mean, I said that really like... <laughs> I absolutely love Strike, and he's been brilliant, so I don't really want him to go. But I'm not sure, unless it's yeah, a long-term player, which, you know, He's, he's still very young, but yeah, we've got that left side, right side balance, haven't we, with whoever you go with strike and then Cooper, who, you know, he's done okay since he came in, you know, so I don't think we have too much to worry about there. Previously, you know, it has been a worry and, you know, you get someone like Mepham in, plays alongside Rodon, I, I don't think, you know, that's the worst thing in the world and Fark's probably looking at him and saying, yeah, maybe so, like maybe it is that Welsh connection, but also, you know, more importantly, the fact that they both played together and did yeah. play together in each of those World Cup games as well. Like that was only mm-hmm. you know, this time last year, let's not forget. So, incredibly, both of our centre-halves last year could have been playing in the World Cup. And I say that, but we had loads of World Cup players playing in the States and whatnot. But, you know, it's, it's great experience. And not obviously last year, but the year before, he played 24 times for Bournemouth in the Premier League so he's got that experience very similar to what Rodon had and, do, and does still have and, and you can see that so you know you bring Mepham into the side and he could be very well be the difference between you know keeping the odd clean sheet and keeping more regular regular clean sheets for us which can't be understated especially when you know, we've been conceding a fair amount of goals this season as well yeah and the, you would like to see his I think for if if we are going to challenge that top two, we we need to be getting more clean sheets between now and the end of the season. I think I think that is that is one thing we can we can say for certain. And look, if 
if he's available and you can get a deal over the line, then I, I think it's a sensible one to do. Sometimes, you know, you, in these positions where you, you, you're going for promotion and if, if a, a quality player becomes available, if you can get them on loan for the rest of the season, why not just take it? Why why take any risks? Because if we don't sign him and we get an injury to Rodan or Shoyt and you get into February, you're back to square one. And, you know, I, I, I think we'd all agree that we're not going to be able to rely on Cooper week in, week out for the rest of the season if, if we're serious about going for automatics. Having said that, I don't think he'd do I don't think he's done anything particularly wrong in, in his recent performances, but I just feel that, yeah, if you've got the chance to sign someone like Mepham, just go out and do it. And it yeah. it, it gives you that, that bit of uh, security in case there is an injury. I think that's the thing as well, because that's not the position we actually right, need right now. I think a lot of fans gloss over that. I still think it'd be a tremendous signing if we can go out and do that. You know, whether he comes in and starts straight away or, you know, comes in later down the line and plays in a back two with Rodon, somebody's extremely familiar with, that's only going to be a benefit for me, especially if you're paying the right price for him. So, you know, him and Roberts, again, you know, they love all play together. So you can't really complain. And then obviously you've got Byron, Thurpo, you know, great if needs be playing at left back. But, you know, you suddenly start to put the pieces together and it doesn't look so bad for us um, in defence. But this is, of course hypothetically speaking, if we do get both of those deals or even one over the line, which, you know, is never a done deal and it's never a, a done thing, certainly with transfer talk and rumours during January. The only thing, other player, sorry, I wanted to touch on before we move on to Cardiff was Fabio Cavallio, who looks all but set to sign with Hull, which is an unbelievable signing for them and potentially one that we've missed out on, would you say? Yeah, this is the situation where on Football Manager, you just have to lie and say that they're going to play more than you, you want them to play. And then if, you know, two months down the line, they're unhappy, you just say, oh, well, things have changed. Things have changed. You've got to lie sometimes. We should have been telling Liverpool he's going to start every game. Just get him here because now, yeah, I, I feel like we've lost out on a player there in, in Fabio Cavallio because... I think he's exactly, exactly what we needed in that number 10 position. Is it a sign of intent that we were even, I mean, to be honest, were we even linked to him or were there just rumours, the fact that they put the dot of the T's and said, oh, Leeds need a, a number 10, let's just put a face to a, to a club and say, oh yeah, Leeds are in for him. Like, because depending on how strong those links were, again, it'll be... Is that their sign of intent that, oh yeah, actually we might be looking to sign someone of that ilk across January because there's still plenty of time to go yeah there's still plenty of time left and there's you know there's I think that there will be options out there but yeah it, it seemed like a very logical fit um, you know he's, he, he's obviously Liverpool have signed him and he, he's got a lot of potential and he just needs to go out and, and show that somewhere um, and yeah I think it I think any player who comes into that system will enjoy themselves being a number ten in that in that system with those players around them. I think for any player who's got a bit of potential and needs to show it, I think it would be a really good a good fit because I think you know you you will get opportunities to make assists, yeah. you will get opportunity to score goals. So yeah, you're coming into a side that's red hot basically, and you you've yeah. got a great great players around you. You're not you know at home. Don't, be, don't get me wrong, he's 
he's guaranteed game time, but he's he's not around world beaters there. I'm not saying Leeds are world beaters at all. That's quite ignorant to all. But, you know, there's a significant difference between the quality of the players that you're playing with at both of those sides. And, you know, that, that, certainly, adapt, that certainly adapts. It certainly, you know, raises your level and it increases and enhances your you know, the level that you're playing at as well. So be interesting to see if he comes into to Hull and has a significant impact straight away because, you know, as, as much as I've said, we've got a, a lot of quality and, and certainly much more than they do. They're not a million miles away from the playoffs and they're certainly one of those teams that are vying for that wild card spot as we keep calling it. So it'll be interesting to see the effect that it does have there. Hopefully, as we've mentioned, the intent is there from us which again we can mention more of when we, when we come to discussing the predicted eleven who will be playing in the number ten. But yeah, that's that's transfer talking in a nutshell. Anything else to add? Uh, yeah, we, we we didn't we didn't touch on much on Connor Roberts, but um, in, interesting that we're going for a right back rather than a left back. Um, I, I don't yeah, I don't get that. Um, well, does it does it not make sense though? Because we've shifted Spence. Have we done that? Because we've got someone that we we, we want basically lined up and ready to come into that position. But maybe, maybe so. Yeah, maybe so. And also, we both had our gripes with Gray at times, haven't we? So yeah, and I think I think again, I think if we're being serious about challenging for the automatics, I don't think actually Gray is the answer right back. For, for the remainder of the season I think you do need to to strengthen there can you rely on Byron week in week out because of his injuries probably not um, but it seems like when Byron is fit he's going to play so yeah I still I still think I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm going to be saying this in, in 30 years time I still think we need a left back you're not wrong to be honest he seems to prefer Byron as left back though doesn't he rather than right back which is a weird one I hate when he cuts in on his right because it's just so predictable every single time and I want someone that's more of a natural left-sided player playing in that left-back position. You know, whether it is for Budge, keep him off corners like you said at the weekend. But... I don't know. Again, Firpo's probably not someone you can rely on for consistency levels as much as Byron has had his injuries. Firpo's very similar in his performance levels. So, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think everyone agrees with, you know, the fact that we need a left-back. But, yeah... <laughs> Again, to be linked with with Roberts is, you know, it is a good thing, and hopefully we can get that over the line. But it remains to be seen what happens with that, and you know who we do sign. There's 22 days left, so just over three weeks for us to go out there and get a couple of deals done. I do feel like we're we're two or three players short at least. So yeah, well, well judging judging by who we've been linked with so far, it's going to be uh, Gareth Bale and Hal Robson Garnu. <laughs> Honestly, that would be insane. <laughs> leads, leads, leads in that order. Um, but yeah, fingers crossed we can go and get some decent deals over the line. Certainly propel us in and around those automatic spots and certainly keep us in good form if we do end up heading into the playoffs. Speaking of, on to Cardiff, back to league matters. What we both We're sticking with Wales. <laughs> well, we are sticking with Wales, unfortunately, yeah. So, where do you want to start? 2-2. We played them the first game of the season last year. Went 2-0 down. Somerville with that last gasp equaliser. Start things to come for him. Very poor on that day. But again, a lot of turbulence in around Ellen Road at that time. So, And we've come a long way since that point as well. So, 
tough game in Wales. That they, they always are, they always do seem to to be tough games when you go to to Cardiff and Swansea. Most of them seem to be on a Tuesday night for some reason. We've got Swansea again in a couple of weeks on a Tuesday night, but a game that we should be going with a bit of confidence. Let's not let's not uh, you know pretend that we haven't beaten Birmingham and Peterborough three 0 in in our last two games. You know you. Yeah, they're not great. Bamford scoring again, they're not great. But, you know, it's all confidence and it's all building towards Cardiff and the next game and the next game after that. Because you know, as much as we've said it, you've just got to beat what's in front of you and, and try and do it as convincingly as you can. So we've done that on two occasions and hopefully, again, we can go to Cardiff and, and get something from it. Certainly three points. Yeah, not not a particularly happy hunting ground for us uh, away at Cardiff. So... I think they always seem to give an extra 10% against us. For some reason, they don't like us. Um, <laughs> not particularly sure why. But, yeah, it, it always, it's always a difficult game. But as you say, we we will be confident going into it. But I think, you know, given recent history we've got there, I think it will be a really difficult game. And I, I do think we're, we're going to have to be well on it to, to come away with three points. Dave done all right this season so far Cardiff you know they're one of them teams that's flirting with the the, the jackpot position in the in the playoffs I think it was a strange game at Ellen Road very strange game I'm not sure we can really draw too much from that in that it was a bit of you know it was a bit of a freak first half wasn't it when they yeah. went 2-0 up against us and then we did fantastically to pull it back and, and, and end the game with a draw so I'm not sure we can draw too much from that but I fully expect it to be a difficult game I think we're going to be need to be right on it much better than our more recent away performances in the league Yeah I, I would agree with that and you know they have only lost one game in the last four but it kind of glosses over their overall form, really, because they've only they've only won three games out of the last nine. They've lost five of those and drawn one. So, you know, again, we say this a lot about the teams that we're we're previewing this year, but you know, given a bit of better form in the last certainly in the last six or seven, they could have been in around. Well, they already are, but in that six spot, if not next to West Brom, I can't believe that Sunderland looking at their last few results. I'm sorry, the way they've played, they've got decent results, but the way they played and they got tore apart by their rivals, Newcastle. They're only two points off West Brom, who beat us pretty convincingly the uh, just after Christmas. So those spots at the minute are crazy, but Cardiff only three points off Sunderland, who are occupying sixth spot at the minute. So you know their form isn't great, but you know they've got a lot to be confident about. Although they got slapped. 4-0 by Wednesday in the FA Cup at the weekend <laughs> and missed two penalties so um, I'm sure they've got a lot of uh, retribution on the mind uh, from that performance as well Yeah and um, we, we've said it so many times about all these teams that are kind of mid-table in the Championship it's just all about consistency you know they've, on the day there's most teams are are pretty difficult to play against. It's just that they, they don't do it consistently enough and that's why they're not in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, interesting. I'm just looking at their squad now. They, they, <laughs> their defenders score a lot of goals, don't they? That oh, suggests yeah. that they might be good at set pieces, <laughs> which, <laughs> which worries me. <laughs> it is. And they, they, they do, but also they haven't scored an awful lot of goals. So out of the top 12, 
they're in 11th position, essentially, with goals scored. Only Bristol City out of the top top 12 have scored fewer than them. They've scored 34 in 26. And the top scorer, Carlin Grant, is currently sitting on four goals with Perry and G as well. So it's, again, it's a game that we should really be looking at and thinking, if we can get out of third gear and create a few chances and stick them away, we should be coming away with this game with a relatively comfortable victory. Things are never that easy with us, but you know we'd happily take a one niller. But I do think this is a game that we should be looking at and thinking: if we're solid at the back, we should keep these out. We've got to trust our attackers to go go and score the goals. I'm hoping that you know it's not going to be a game where Cardiff is sitting back and causing us loads of problems. But again, with our new and improved number ten and number nine, then who knows what we'll be able to do from a, a creative point of view. Yeah, I'm just looking at their um, goals breakdown actually, and and they they are very good at set pieces. So um, out of their 34 goals, um, 14 have been uh, set pieces. So uh, and one one direct free kick and two penalties. So yeah, they score more more of a bigger share of their goals from from set pieces rather than open play, which I think will be an issue for us. Yeah, we've got to deal with that. We've defended set pieces okay this season and, you know, we've done all right. Interesting to see how we match up on that front. But all in all, a game that we should really be looking at and, and getting over over the line with. Speaking of the, the 10 and the number nine, how do you think we are going to line up today? Line up today? Line up on Saturday? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. But... I think Bamford warrants another start. I think if you're a striker and you're coming into a team looking at the last two games, I don't think you can do much more than than scoring both games and his all round play and performance has been good. I think he's certainly someone who I think has more of an impact on the game. I don't think he's an impact substitute or anything like that. I think it's yeah. pointless bringing him on as a pretty much pointless bringing him on as a as a sub. Especially when you're chasing a game, I think he's he's someone you need to start who, who can set a tempo for a match. I think he's, he gives us more in the press. So yeah, I, I'd like to see Bamford start, which I don't quite believe that I'm saying. We've both been saying it to be fair for a bit bit of a time. Well, not specifically that phrase, but certainly the fact that he should be starting and hopefully will have more of an impact from a starting position which he has done defensive line Melier to come straight back in for me yeah yeah I think Clarkson has done has done as well as he could have done really but you know two two clean sheets um, you, you can't complain but yeah I, I think Melier has got to come back in really he's our number one and he, I think Clark is creating a creating a situation for himself if he if he doesn't start Melier and he starts class and I think he's just creating a a, a situation he doesn't need to if he does that especially yeah. while the January transfer window's on we don't want to give Melier an excuse to get out the door before it shuts as well so no and I still I've said many times this season I think there's I, I want to see more from Melier I want to see him um, be a bit more commanding and 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 you know, winners some games. I don't think he's done much yet to yeah. to to 
influence the outcome of, of games. I'd like to see him make some some saves that that really do um, kind of have an impact in, in terms of the points we're picking up. Yeah. No, good shout. Back four. I know you think. It's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah, that is quite tough, actually, because Stroke, I'm guessing he's still going to be injured. Uh, so I, it kind of picks itself, doesn't it, I think? Yeah, I think it's going to have to be... I think it's going to have to be Cooper and Rowe on at centre-half. And then I think he'll go back to Archie Gray at right-back. Yeah. And left-back junior Furpo, yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It doesn't fill me with a lot of confidence. But as I say, there's only so much you can do. Byron and Stroke both struggling. So... Again, until we get further reinforcements, he doesn't like Cresswell, doesn't appear to. So it kind of picks itself that back four. Gru- uh, Gruev. Why, am I, why on earth am I saying Gruev? Kamara and Amphidou. In midfield, would you say? Yeah, yeah. I think that they've cemented those those two places in the team now, so I, I don't expect that to change. Yeah. And then are we still both sticking with the front four, do we think? Rutter yeah. behind Bamford and then... Somerville and James on either yeah. way. Yeah, I think that's that's the way we go. I think Perot needs to do a bit more when he gets his opportunity again to to make that that, that position is. And will we see? You know, if 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 Bamford comes in, does well, and then drops off in form again, possibly, will we see Perot come back in a? I think that could be the only that actually Fark isn't as stubborn and he's almost like. Uh, I think they've forgotten about it now. So I'll leave, let the uh, the cloud blow over. Bamford yeah. has a couple of poor games. He banks on that and says, oh, yeah, well, I'll just do a straight swap for Perot and Bamford. What? Perot played in the number 10? Who was playing in the number 10? That wasn't me. <laughs> nah, I never knew that. <laughs> I never knew that. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it'd be nice to see. And even, you know, We've got, I think Perot and Bamford are, are quite different, and we're not. I'm not saying that every, Bamford should start every game now, and it's going to be that's going to be the way we should play. But yeah. you know, if it's not quite working after 60 minutes with Bamford up front, then bring Perot and be proactive and give him a run out. So yeah, you've you've got those options. I think he should use them, or utilize them a bit more. Yeah, I agree with you on that. So largely in agreement. Melier and Clarsen, and that, that's the biggest debate for me. I think the, the rest of the team does pick itself. I wouldn't surprise me if he did stay with Clarsen, but it, it would give Melier a bit of an excuse to get out of the door if he could in the, those last three weeks before the window shuts. But I, I'm going to stick with you. So we're sticking with that same team. Scott the Devin Ginger is- winning team, laddie. <laughs> <laughs> Don't set me off. So last but not least, we do have the... Score predictions, which you'd be happy to know that I have extended my lead even further. You did yeah. go with a 1-1 draw. I, I've, I've stretched the point. It's, not, it's only, it wasn't a correct result. I went 3-1. We did score three, but of course we didn't concede. So it's 14 points for you, 19 points for me. What are you thinking this weekend? You need to get back in the game. More, optimi- more optimism, please. More optimism. Mm, I don't think this is the time for optimism. Cardiff away. Uh, do, do you know what I, I won't I'd be tempted to go 1-1 again actually um, 
you're going to keep losing. Okay. Okay. You, you push me. You push me. I'll go <laughs> two and leads. Oh, here we go. Okay. Interesting. I'm going to go. I'm going to probably go safe. I don't want to go with another three now. I feel like I predicted that all year round, but I am going to go two now. I feel like we should have enough to get over the line. Bit of confidence, good team fielded, and they don't pose a lot up front. As I said, the defense, our defence doesn't fill me with a, with a lot of confidence, but also none of their attackers really poses that much of a threat or certainly a threat that we can't deal with. So 2-0 for myself and 2-1 for us. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Fingers crossed it's three points either way as we badly need it, and hopefully we can continue to re- reduce that gap. We've got three more... Well, we did have three more league games in January. We don't now. We've only got two because the Norwich game has been postponed, obviously, because we're in the FA Cup. So we'll see where we are after these last two games. But that's all we've got time for. So a bit of a longer episode today. So if you've got to the end again, thank you very much for listening. We looked at Cardiff, Peterborough and some transfer talk as well, I'm sure. Plenty more will come this time next week. Adam, you're in France, so we are going to try and catch up over the weekend post-Cardiff. If not, then we'll be coming to you slightly later next week ahead of Preston. Of course, that does kick off later on Sunday. So, again, thank you very much for listening. And we have been the Damned United Podcast. I've been Billy Lumsden. And I've been Adam Jameson. And I usually say the normal bit at the end, but I've said it already. So, adios. Au revoir. Au revoir.